0: Just waiting for this to go live. That one. Yeah. Do it. Do the thing. Go live. That's gonna be a brief interlude. Well, Northern Exposure opened to play.
1: Oh, it's yeah. everything, Queensland Footy. Good footy <gasps> for the lines! That's no. a big one for the Suns. This is Northern Exposure.
0: Yeah, it's a Thursday! Easter Thursday, footy in the River City. I'm pumped. I'm excited. It's a teamless Thursday. My name's Nick Davis. Welcome, to Jack Fulham. Another episode of Northern Exposure. How are you, my friend?
1: Ah, oh, sweet googly moogly, Nick. I am bloody excited Woo-hoo! for the night. It is gonna be... it's, it's the biggest game in our regular season calendar up here for but, AFL-wise. Pies fans always come out for it. It's huge for the Lions fans, and it's becoming a tradition again. It's
0: actually become a real thing. I remember when this used to be played back during the um, no, the the peak of this rivalry, uh, early two thousands. Uh, these were these were great clashes. Mm. I remember Jared Malloy kicking about seven one night, just taking the yeah, game like, yeah, carried, that. like Jared Brennan to carry the footy in just just one hand. But no, I drove past the Gabba yesterday. The Pies must have been having their open training session. Mm. Uh you know, he had, had fans in jumpers. They're they're coming in to watch their side. I love it. I remember this time last year. It was I think it's it the dental f- work required. A Little bit, little bit. There is mm. a dentist clinic not too far away from there, but you know, cost of living. What can you do? But it does <laughs> feel like it, it's the you're right. It's a one night a year that. Brisbane feels like an AFL city like yeah. there's nothing clashing with it there's no other games going on mm. you know it's a sellout it's the only game in town that we're talking about and you start to see in the late afternoon people out with their pie scarves or lion scarves on they're, they're getting on buses they're, they're heading in towards the Gabba Mecca and it's exciting you, you get that feeling just it's so rare but we do feel a bit like like Melbourne with a big game happening
1: that night it's uh, it's special and it only happens once a year Jack it does. and it's that also that really special thing where it's Good Friday tomorrow, you got the Easter, long weekend. people can go out and have a big night tonight and really enjoy their experience at the football and not have too much to do on Good Friday because let's be honest, Jesus friday, died for our sins. Well, Jesus died for our tens. <laughs> yeah, um, yes and it's a real bludge of a day, Good Friday, um, isn't
0: it i don't yeah, I don't like Good friday. I, I'm not. I'm not religiously inclined, so. But because no. weirdly Australia, not weirdly, but well, the fact that Australia doesn't really recognize a majority religion anymore, Good Friday is still this sacred day. And I'm not going to take away the day from uh, from Christians. It's it's their day. Mm. It's their special day. But it kind of affects everyone else. And I oh, guess same arguments made there for Christmas. At least Christmas is a fun day. This is like a nothing's open. Um. What do we do? Can I get. Oh, no, I can't go to the shops because that's closed. Why do I have my to eat? Why do I have to eat fish? Although I will say, there is a super rugby game being played. And from what I remember in my wording last week at the, at the Reds game, Suncorp Stadium is not a pub. I repeat, Suncorp Stadium is not a pub. So take that as you will. But on Good mm. Friday, you can go to a place that's not a pub. If you're thirsty for some action to be served to you. Yeah.
1: Now, Nick, before we yeah. <laughs> get into AFL chat, can I just say one thing that's really, really been irking me, especially over the last few years. Sure can we just start calling it rugby? There's nothing super about it anymore. <laughs> you're right. You know what? You're absolutely right. There is a rugby game going on at Suncorp Stadium. And by geez, that sport, which should be good, and it is, you know, a relatively global game just loves shooting itself in the foot. Rugby union, it is goddamn boring.
0: It, it really is. So, I, in my role, I sit next to a, mm. uh, a DJ, and the good thing is, like, they, at least they've worked out that play a lot of music during the breaks. Now, the old Ra rah fans, they they hate hearing the music in the breaks, but there's so much mm. dead play in rugby union that you need to fill it with something. But you know, it 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 is what it is. I just, I'll, I'll never. I guess in the same way that AFL is in our blood, rugby is in the blood of certain people. But I just don't get it. I, I've had, like, great South African mates who, you know, it is the and it is the be-all and end-all. And I understand how it's the most important game. But, you know, to, I, I can't imagine following... I understand following your team and your country, but they don't play that often. So I can't imagine supporting a club with the passion in which, you know, we might support an AFL team or a league fan might support their club or a soccer fan that's not in Australia supports their club side. I just, I just, I don't understand. It's a, it's a very, still a confusing game to me in that sense.
1: Yeah, it is. All right. Now let's talk football. Yeah, Thank, love, God, thank God. Let's get out, of, let's get out rugby, of that one. Rugby union can get in the bin. Yeah. A little bit. percentage rugby union people can get in the bin or they can come support us. Yeah. They why? need two choices. I mean, why, why not make a coalition here? Yeah, hundred percent. They're,
0: they're never gonna get the same the same side as um as league. They 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 fundamentally hate each other. But you're right. Let's get to the game we actually bloody care about, and that is Lions Pies tonight. Now Huge. um quick change for the Lions. No, we're not seeing Dan Rich and Darcy Ford oh, is. Dan Rich.
1: Yes, that is an interesting call from the Lions. What Very does that say? What does that say point. to you? Uh that says to me that they think that, Oscar McInerney is going to dominate the second string Collingwood Ruck, whoever that is that's, that he's going to face all night. I would have really loved to have seen Oscar McInerney play alongside Darcy Ford. And we know that Oscar can be a dangerous, tall target when he is up forward. And one of the other things that Oscar is so great at is that he chases, he tackles for a big man. His second efforts are fantastic. So I would like to have seen him play with Darcy Ford and maybe Oscar spend a bit more time forward really sh- try and stretch that Collingwood back six who, you know, they're, they're a little short on size. Um, you know, you're going to have Billy Frampton and Darcy Moore playing on you know, Hipwood and Danaher, but just throwing that extra tool down there to maybe try and stretch them a little bit. Uh, and I didn't think Darcy Ford was the worst last week. So, yeah, a bit of a tougher mission for him, but, you know, obviously the Lions are very confident that uh, and it'll probably be Dan McStay that does the majority of the rucking yeah. for Collingwood. Yeah, the Lions are confident that McInerney will demolish him.
0: Dan McStay didn't go out on bad terms at all. He didn't, did no. he? No, I mean, yeah, sure. There'll, there'll be there'll be booze. There'll be some sort of crowd reaction. Sure or not, yeah. the Lions fans are up and they're passionate. But I I don't look at uh at Dan McStay leaving as like it, it has fundamentally hurt the side. But um. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, there was stuff behind the scenes. It was like, yeah, I think Steph Martin, but there was all the other stuff. But some when some players leave unceremoniously, uh, yeah. I mean, State wasn't one of them. It was kind of just, and it was always accepted throughout the year. It was kind of just, he's going, he's going. We know he's going, and he's gone. We wish him all the far- best. I think we were actually excited for
1: Victorian fans to go. You know what? How good, how good's this bloke? How good's yeah. our bloke? This bloke is a good footballer, and it's also that other thing. It's like, can you really begrudge a bloke who is going to a club that wants to pay more? Um, he, knows, you know, he knows his worth. That's he fine. He did put seven, eight years of service at the Brisbane Lions and was a damn good player and yeah, always tried his heart out. Um, he could have some absolute stinker games, but the effort was always there with Dan McStay. He'd compete hard at the footy. And, yeah, and he was a good guy around the club, so you can't really begrudge him wanting to go somewhere that's, you know, he's going back home to his family. He's going to a club that actually wants to pay him probably what he's worth. You know, at the end of the day you're only worth what someone wants to pay you. Exactly. Yep. So I'm worth nothing. Uh,
0: I've told you I've told you before about using this podcast as therapy. It's not (laughs) I wanna remind
1: you, this is not a safe space. I repeat, this is not a safe space. All right. Well, I'm happy for Damic's Day and I really hope there you know, there probably is gonna be a little pocket of gronks out there that boo him tonight, but I hope it isn't widespread because you know, he did nothing wrong on his exit from the club. He, I think he was up front with him from day dot about, you know, what he wanted. And it was kind of, as you said, generally accepted, you know, from halfway through the year that, yep, this is going to happen. Dan's going to leave. Fair enough. We've talked about the
0: impact of him leaving that forward line. And, you know, mm. a lot of conversation about uh, Danaher and Hipwood throughout the week. I, I like Chris Fagan coming out and backing Joe because, yeah, he, he was put out to be a bit of a target. And yeah, yeah I I, lo- I love seeing Fakes come to his defense. That's not just who he is as, as, what else as, was as he a leader, do? but also oh, exactly right. It's not going okay. to hang him out to dry. Um, But you're right. Like no, I, I've watched Joe Danaher since since his first game with Essendon. And the more I look at it, all the commentary surrounding him, hmm. it, it's him. If anything, it's how he's been his whole career. So yes, a lot of it does stick. But hmm. a lot of things that people get angry at him for, like he's, these are intangible things. Like, it's not going to change. He is, he is laconic in his action. He's not big and direct. He's not you know, maybe once or twice he's flailing his arms like Richo used to in the day. But yeah, he's already yeah. lopes and he's he's softly spoken, and th- that's who Joe Danaher is. So uh, Joe's a different cat. He is a different cat. You saw him <laughs> like you saw him sitting on the fence back in the day in Essendon. People people just say, "Oh, he doesn't want to be there."
1: No, oh, he's just a different cat. Yeah, let him sit on the fence. That's fine. Go for it. Question for you, Dickie. You've got Joe Danahert and Eric Hibwood as your key forwards. And they're both on pretty decent wickets. You know, Eric got that seven-year deal. Well done well done signed.
0: to Eric and his management on that. That's that's, a, that's Joe a signed for thing. big
1: money when he came up here. And that little bit extra at the end. In your opinion, are they worth it?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, I still believe that they're worth it. I think the system that's set up around them, this key piece of McStay going out. I always said last year that if you take one piece out of the three, they work, but at the same time, you can't just take one away. Gunston and McStay aren't like for like replacements. Mm-hmm. So yes, on, on futures and potential market alone. Yes, they are. Now I, I saw Jonathan Brown say that you can't, you can't have players like this be, I guess, I guess, the linchpins of your forward line. And that's that's understandable. They're not both not big, bullocking guys. But what they're capable of, Joe's ability to swing forward into the ruck. Eric, mm-hmm. Eric when he catches fire, yes, you are not going to get consistent performances from them all the time. But the Lions haven't needed to rely on them. That's, that's the thing that we need to keep coming back to. The Lions don't play you know, the big big style hit up forward. They don't have to rely on one player. Their goals come from their smalls. from And that's where well, you mentioned uh, earlier in the week. Zach Bailey has been a bit quiet. I don't think we've seen the most out of Charlie Cameron yet. Um,
1: Link Dan, McCarthy uh, as Le- well. Le- Le-
0: Link McCarthy, who was always good for 30 goals per season. Now, I- I've supported a club where someone kicking 30 goals in a year would win them the leading goal kicker. Hmm. The potential is there. And I think it's just the, way, the reason we miss McStay is because he brought the ball to ground and brought those players in. Now, I don't think we need to worry about so much them clunking their marks, but just Hmm. bringing the ball to ground is all we need. But uh, it looks like it's a long way of answering your question. But yeah, I, I totally believe that they're worth it. And because you look at their builds, we know that players built like Eric and Joe do not mature early. Now they're not young, young per se. They're not as young as they used to be, but they can still get better. They can still grow to be better, but, It comes down to delivery. It comes down to so many other things that you just need to put your forwards
1: in the right position. You can't expect your forwards just to win you the game. 100%. All right, let's move on to Collingwood. Okay. Because they have been in red hot form to start this season. It's well documented just how good they've been. They smashed Port Adelaide. They did a job on Richmond last week, which save for some bad kicking, would have been a blowout. They were very good in round one when they beat Geelong. The biggest key to their success that I see at the moment is Nick Dacos. I was going to say, yeah. For a second-year player, he has just been phenomenal. He plays off halfback. He's kind of like their quarterback. He sets up so many passages of play with his risk-taking in the way that he kicks the football, especially through the corridor. How are we stopping him?
0: Do you tag a halfback flanker? It's a silly thing to think about. Mm. Or... Do you have a half forward who is so dangerous that you... Like, a defender has to be accountable. At the end of the
1: day, if you're a defender, you must... I want to throw up a left field option. Hit me. We saw last year in the final series when Jared Berry went to Clayton Oliver and bullied him out of a football game and still picked up a fair bit of the football. Nick Dacob is half the bull that Clayton Oliver is. And Jared Berry, to wear him like a glove and, you know, physically rough him up, get in his face, yep. follow him around the football. And Jared Berry's no mug when he gets, you know, he doesn't spend that much time too close to goal. But when he gets the opportunity, he can finish with the best of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He um, can.
1: I'd love to, and he's, we know how good his tank is. Yeah, exactly. You
0: know, we know he's got the fitness to go with anyone in the competition.
1: So he's been, I, I like he's that. Been top five in their, you know, 2K and 3K time trial since he got to the club. Yeah, he's an endurance beast, so going with Nick Dakos around the ground is not going to be a problem for Jared Berry. So I'd love to see that matchup. Yeah. And, um, and in
0: the nicest way possible, we're not going to miss him in the midfield. No, we've, exactly. we, now, now that we've got, now that we've got Josh Dunkley in the side, yeah, you, you, that midfield is pretty set and sorted. So that's okay. And look at the same time, like that, I, I heard you know, conversations uh, around, you know, how players used to win uh, teams used to beat Fremantle with Aaron Sandlin's in the ruck. Now Collingwood tonight, I don't think i going to
1: think they're going to win a single hit out but so, there's, the same... a, there's an element of predictability about that. Yeah. You you can plan for it. Course you yeah. know where the footy's going to go. Well, you know who's going to win the tap out. And, you know, most of the time, 60% of the time, those tap outs are going to be looking for Lockie Neal. Of course they are. Because yeah, that's so. the best player in the best midfield with the, with the dominant Ruckman. So you can plan for that. It, it actually, you know, in some ways, it makes it easier for that Collingwood on-ball department.
0: I'm wondering, and I worry... Mm. just just the just the the form that Jordan De is in at the moment. Yeah. That he's a wild card, and, he? and, and he's the type of midfielder, that ball midfielder, because that's a thing. Yeah. Do you use Berry on you know, if we, we do have to tag a, a dangerous player. Who's going to be more dangerous, is it De or is it Berry?
1: Um I think Degoey's that type of player that's going to be dangerous whoever you send to him. Yep. Uh, in a way that I wouldn't say that he's untaggable, but he, in a similar way to Dustin Martin, he just has that explosiveness and that, just that natural talent to when he gets a chance, he will make the most of it. So you've got to
0: keep him out of the game. You've got you to frustrate a player like that.
1: I don't think it's a matter of keeping him out of the game because he's going to bob up and do something, um, you know whether you like it or not. I think that Nick Dacos is probably more important to try and keep out of the game and curtail his impact. Okay. Because he's been a big driver of their success.
0: He has. Um, a dangerous crossfield kicking,
1: opening up that. We, we talked about you know,
0: controlling the center of the boxing ring. The Pies will look to do that. But that's what Brisbane does so well on the Gabba as well. Hmm. That, that, that cricket pitch corridor belongs to the Lions. And I think tonight it's going to come down to whoever owns the middle of the ground.
1: I guess it's who dares wins tonight. Yeah. Um, who wants to be the bravest with the ball use? And... The Lions... They weren't brave last week, so they, they have to be. They have to be, yeah. And it's a huge game for them. And they go one and three. Oh, um, it's a long way back. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, a long, it's, a long way,
1: it's a long way back. So, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be so bad if they were one and three with... So that, you know, the loss to Port was close and that the loss to the Doggies... You know, that was a close game, but they did not play well. Um but one and three where you've get been spanked by Port who are an average team. At best. Uh, yeah. it was a putrid performance against the dogs. Like they tried hard, but they just the they were just not in sync with each other. And then you lose to the pies. It's um jeez. It's a tough way back from there.
0: Yeah, heading into gather round uh, the Lions will face North Melbourne in the Adelaide in the Hills. Bark at the ground that's just mm. been built. It's not even on Google yeah. Maps yet. Looks nice. Actually, it looks quite nice. I'm actually, I'm, I'm very interested by gather round, Jack, because you know we've yeah. we've seen the success of Magic Round here in Brisbane, and it works so well here. Yeah, like uh, to the to the NRL's credit, it works perfectly it is it's a, it's a secondary market it's not like the game is there like you know obviously you can't roll it in melbourne so but by the afl splitting it between the three venues i believe norwood oval adelaide hills and adelaide oval adelaide oval yeah so yeah. the
1: adelaide hills will only host one game yes i um, mean i think norwood has two and then the other six uh know, adelaide, adelaide oval, oval yeah
0: so i'm really interested to see how it goes um you know, uh, looking forward, and because I, I can imagine the AFL have deliberately done it this way, that's not yeah. a permanent South Australian fixture. Naturally, our minds go to mm-hmm. Queensland. Uh, does it? Does it work here in Brisbane?
1: Uh, I, I, I think you'd, you'd send it to WA next. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Oh, hundred percent. But to be honest, I'm a, I'm a skeptic for gather round. Okay, I don't think you think the AFL is following and, suit. Yeah, I think it's just trying to cash in on something that the NRL's done well and. You know, for Adelaide, it's a fantastic, huge, you know, a fantastic thing. And if it came to Brisbane, it would be great for the local economy of wherever you're living. But I think without taking pot shots at rugby league, rugby league, an average, you know, West Tigers versus Parramatta game that, you know, would be scheduled during the middle of the year that they play at Suncorp, it'd get maybe... 15,000 people in sure you know, sure you get a couple of pockets of you know fans yeah. um, you know being no, it's, funny, it's funny that, you
0: say that actually that's That's this weekend on Monday yeah it is being
1: able to play in front of 30,000 people at Suncorp it's a bigger crowd you know the diehard fans of those teams are going to travel I think it works um it doesn't work for, say, you know, Port Adelaide and Fremantle. You know, aren't traditional rivals, but that's still going to get 35 40,000 people at Adelaide over. Of course it is. Because yeah. people are fanatical about it. It's going to do the same numbers if you play that game in Perth. I don't think that we're that desperate for crowds that we need to have a gather round. I don't mind it. No, I don't um, mind it. Look, I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong, and I hope the round is a great success, but I think we're just copying Rugby League for the sake of copying yeah. it. And... It, it almost is of a thing that something that rugby league would do yeah. to us. No, fair yeah. Right. yeah, you're right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, well, well played, Peter Verlandes. Um, It's funny, though. It does, like, the, the novelty, and I, again, I view this through, like, you know, young to an eight-year-old Nick, um, looking at it to oh, yeah, like, play, you know, playing AFL 2003 or something like that, go, oh, how cool is this? It's Brisbane and North Melbourne in the Adelaide Hills. Like, oh, wild. But yeah. I feel that itch kind of got scratched during the COVID period, where yeah. these bizarre random games were being played at, you know, uh, at Carrara or at the Gabba, or like, oh, okay, I've. It was weird. Uh, it, it? it was it was weird. It's funny. Like I, I was looking at a thing the other night um, ahead of the Essence St Kilda game because I realised that Essendon St Kilda hadn't played at the MCG since 2006 because mm. my little, little nuffy brain did that, and I went through all the games going, so where were they all? Obviously they're all at, uh, Marvel, and then there's one random one, Gabba. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Like, Aston West Coast, Gabba. Yeah. Like, that was a, it was a really weird time. And yeah, I, 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 I don't, uh, because we had to normalize it at the time, yeah. let's revisit this conversation in like 10, 10, 20 years time. Because, yeah. you know, th- this podcast will have aged very well. Um, We time capsule this shit. But
1: <laughs> it, 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 we'll look back and go, what the hell just, did th- that happened, didn't it? The peak weirdness for me, because I was working a lot of the games. You
0: did, yeah. You did a lot of games. Obviously, a lot of the a Triple of M, M staff
1: were trapped in Melbourne and Sydney. So, uh, being one of the only... Money! Ones up here in, in Queensland, I was pretty highly sought Money. after for a few months. But the weirdest one for me was going to the Gabba on a Monday night for Carlton versus Collingwood. There were about 3,000 people there, because um, that was the, the COVID max allowed crowd at yep. the time. And the Gabba media facilities were getting done up. So we were calling from a corporate box in the forward pocket. So pretty much the other end of the ground, like, Jesus, you may as well just do a phantom call. You have no idea what's going
0: on. Just guess. You're like,
1: you're you turn around and looking off the scoreboard. And it was just the peak weirdness, probably the most iconic rivalry in our sport. Yep. Definitely like the longest stretching rivalry, two clubs that absolutely hate each other. And it just, it, it almost felt like sacrilege that we were playing this game at the Gabba in front of no people. It was just... Did it a disservice? Yeah not, yeah, not a disservice, but it just... It didn't feel like an AFL game. It didn't feel... It, it just felt wrong. Okay, felt, well, so, so that,
0: that's, that, that actually brings me to my point of yeah. I'm going to look at all of Gather Round and it's gonna feel like it's gonna feel like a wizard cup. It's gonna feel yeah. like that COVID period, that's and amazing. like four points are on the line. That's that's the thing I'm actually still trying to get my well, head
1: around. Yeah, as an initiative for preseason, season amazing. There we I, go. That's about
0: that's a better, I, I, that's a better I, way to
1: look at it. I wouldn't mind, you know, and it'd be fun, fun way to get in. Also, you, yeah, you know, the, the players can go and have more fun with it.
0: Then, of course, they can. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're you're right. They're not. Out embracing – no, I saw, I saw a video of Paddy Cripps going shark cave diving off um yeah. Neptune Island. And, you know, there's a few like ambassadors that they'll put out there and those things, but I don't, I don't know when they filmed it. They could have filmed that three months ago for all I know, but and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But you're right, the players don't really get to be involved in this. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. I mean, and I'm sure there's a traveling pocket of Gold Coast fans as well. You know? Mm. Always oh, big shout out to the guy down to Melbourne. Whoever has the drum at the Gold Coast Games,
1: I love absolutely it. Absolutely love you, mate. Absolutely love you. Uh,
0: uh, judging
1: by the overall, you know, standard of garb amongst the Gold Coast Melbourne supporters, I would say that they, you know, could potentially be ultras of one of the soccer teams. Maybe Melbourne City or Melbourne Victory. That probably Melbourne Victory because they need a little bit to do. They have got a bit more spare time on their a heads. A little bit more, December. don't they? Yeah. Uh, but they they all like to get down there behind the goals and have a beer and a sing song and bang the drum and it I, I love the atmosphere it brings.
0: Uh, okay, it, it's fun. I, I, I'm I'm going to take this on with a little tangent here because this is what we do. Cross cut, cross code memberships or translating a one group mm. to get behind our. You well know, we've talked about trying to create like a. I was thought like a student section or a zoo at um, at Heritage Bank Stadium would be a good idea. Mm. We're very big on, you know, when the Gold Coast and when GWS came through, and I'm sure their clubs have put in initiatives to, you know, recruit new fans who maybe weren't uh, traditional AFL fans before into the game. So mm. yeah, you, you don't try and completely recreate the you know, Victorian AFL model because you're stuck yeah. in that middle space. It's kind of what the Dolphins do up Yes and no, they do up here in Brisbane. Do you change something? Do you change? Let's say you're Gold Coast fans down in Melbourne. Maybe do you offer discounts at perfect example. Melbourne victory. They're sitting on their hands. They've got nothing to do. What if all of a sudden you gave them just gave them some kit, you know, and just that you know crappy AFL approved stuff that are in like the discount stores. Yep. Get them a bunch of Suns fans and let them go nuts in those bays. Yeah, I, I know. I know it's a bad. It's it's probably a bad look in the club, but stay. But stay with me on this. Just play hypotheticals, because I. I with our game is very good at a lot of things, and we yeah. have our. Own, and, and that's what I love about. It. We have our own traditions, our own cultures, and uh, people sign up for them, and that's when the, so the Gold Coast fans and the Lions fans. But even with the Lions fans, you can tell that up here in Brisbane, they're not quite Victorian fans. No. No, there's, there's something that's like uh, they have a rugby league influence to them. They don't know how to really shout ball. They yell things that oh, like no, get them on, no, not get them on side ref. But it's not the same experience. And I've always thought, why not lean into the fact that it's not the same experience? Why not like no, some fans of Melbourne go get some, go get some football champ. Be be the first AFL club that has like an active supporter section. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. I love it. Yeah,
1: it'll never happen, but why not? One of the things that you know I've, I've advocated for for a long time for the Suns, and you know, to boost dwindling crowds, it's the Gold Coast. It is the nightlife capital of Australia. Yep, one of the great places to go out, and you can still make going to a Gold Coast Suns game family friendly. Of course, you can. But I'd love to see a chook pen. A yeah. Cordoned off section, you know, a couple of bays wide, a section of crowd where you come in, you drink whatever you want. Obviously, responsible service of yeah, alcohol. You get it. You, you get it. You, know, you, you, talk you... you talk to me about the Forex Bar. You talked me about the Forex Bar
0: once at um at, at the cricket, something like that. Yeah. Let's say yeah. Uh, what do they have like the pirate the pirate life deck or something like that? You have you're sponsored by a brewing company and mm. yeah, responsibly
1: if you can organize a shuttle bus, something like that. A place to go absolutely nuts and, you know, to yell and scream and shout. Obviously, no racial or homophobic. Yeah, put some extra security on there. Put some extra security on it and actually have a experience that is tailored for adults where, you know, blokes can go to the footy and let off steam and really immerse themselves in the game and be passionate about it without, you know, turning off children or families. Have actually have that spa- safe space for the, the average punter that wants to just go and yeah, you know, like for me, Re- release something. Exactly. I believe that sport is one of the great pressure release valves of society. And that and you know, we, we saw it growing up, like, you know, my dad running his own business, had problems coming out of his butthole that for so two and a half 100. hours, um, for two and a half hours on a weekend, you would go and stand in the outer at the footy and have a beer and have a pie and yell at the umpire and shout ball and just release all of that. That, that was his two and a half hour release a week. And that, uh, I, you know, I actually worry what people would do without that. Oh no, um, I,
0: I I agree, and you, you said to me in conversations throughout the week, uh, you, you and I both grew up in Melbourne, and you remember just like we're very lucky up here in Queensland, but that bitterly cold, grey, relentless sleet is it, and that your entire six to eight months of your life is just misery in those conditions, like seasonal affective disorder definitely creeps its way in, and. Football, your football team is the one thing that makes you forget all, and and that's not even considering work and family and all the all the other stresses in life, cost of living. Your football team for those three hours a week and in the lead up to the game, that is all you care about, and you want you want and need that release. And when you said that, I actually understood English football just like that. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense actually. So you're right. Why why not have that? Yeah, set up parameters, absolutely. Like, and I understand that, but keep it sectioned off give it give it its own section like you think of the, yeah the student section in college basketball but like you yeah. and I we grew up uh, we grew up at the MCG and half the time especially in the cricket you spent more time watching bay 13 than you did the game because it was yes there was some stuff going on there that wasn't right but it was entertaining and all it of a sudden if you're not if, if you're not like a through and through um footy fan you're just going for the experience mm.
1: yeah should be an option Problem solved. Problem, solved. Problem sons. solved. We want an animal bay. Oh, we just want our zoo. It's, we it's want that simple. behind the goals, so people can go absolutely mental. Now, I would like—I would like it to see. I know that we—we we want the AFL to be family friendly, and 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 that is important because of getting it is. kids, getting families to come to the game—that's the next generation of people that are supporting. It. But I think for you know, especially you know. Especially probably males over a certain age, um, that just want to go and be passionate about football. I, I'd actually like to see an area tailored for them. You can have yeah. You can like you can have both. You can have both, but I think
0: people are a little bit too conservative and scared to have it. You don't like our yeah. views. They're too wild on northern exposure. We're we about to be censored. I don't know. I'm not too sure. But all let's right. So some, we, we, we've sol- let's let's go back to some talks and football. Football. So all right. Um. Fine. I'll I'll get your tip for tonight. How's it going to go down? Uh. Lines by a point. Remember the Zach Bailey Easter yeah. Thursday game a couple of years ago?
1: Yes. The the ultimate betrayal for Collingwood fans, getting beaten by a guy that's missing a front tooth. Good. Good. <laughs> No, I think this game could go one of two ways. Collingwood by 10 goals and they blow the Lions off the park, or the Lions scrape out a victory by a couple of points in an absolute seesawing cliffhanger of a game. I think that's one of two ways it's going to go.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I like to think the Pies are due for a loss because when you think about it, they had that massive streak last year. Mm. Only lost by two games by under a kick and then they're back up and flying. Let let this be the game that they drop. Um, yeah, I I think on the home deck, Lions would be too good, but again, have to I said this last week, have to start well. Have to start they, well. And I yeah. like I need to see here are my predictions. Joe kicks three, two of them completely out of his ass. If if Hipwood kicks one in the first quarter, he kicks three plus. Yep. If Dane Zorko kicks a goal in the first quarter,
1: Lions win. Now I love storylines. Gives the lights be- stay on. Lions win. Lions <laughs> win. I love storylines yep. and uh, I also love a cheeky punt. Obviously, what are you gambling with? Uh, and don't do it because it's a mug <laughs> game. <laughs> is, is, is that the new liner? <laughs> I don't think so. i I forgot what What it are you really gambling with? Ideas. Don't do it. <laughs> what are you really gambling with? Think of the children, you cat. But I do love a little cheeky flutter on first goal scorer. And Eric Hibwood, Joe Danaher, they've been copying it from the press this week. And I think one of them kicks first goal scorer. Okay. And the whole Gabba gets around him. The teammates run all the way from the back. Even Harris Andrews, he runs a full 150 metres each way to go and give Joe a pat on the bum or Eric a pat on the bum. I think one of those two kicks, first goal scorer. Yeah, if, you
0: have, in, if, you, have exotic, if you have exotic bets, uh, Dane Zorko, first person to congratulate them. Yes. Yeah, always love that. First bum pat, D Zorko. Yeah, no,
1: he's a bar- he's an energy barometer. He does.
0: little Energizer Bunny, I love that. Actually, no, it's a Duracell Bunny. That always annoys me. Actually, side topic. People say Energizer yeah. Bunny. It's not an Energizer Bunny. It was a Duracell Bunny. The Energizer was the Battery Man. Anyway, Bloody hell, so, we've got sidetracked today. Yeah, we really, that's all right. That's all right, and we still keep going. But wait, now wait. we're at the second part of this. Saint's first sons. Play the trumpet. Play, oh, I've got to play the trumpet. Oh my god, I, <laughs> I was too, I, I was too busy Jeez. looking at the trumpet i was too busy looking at the team list. Sorry about that. Bloody hell, we've slipped since last year. Uh, oh well, look, uh, we have a few wider parameters now, and that's okay. We're playing, no? we're playing bush footy now. Ah, uh, we. I, I like to. I like to think this is more of a free-flowing style of game. It's less sort of tiki taka a bit we're, more, you know, we're more. A more. Podcast. This is Harlem Globetrotter sort of stuff at this point. But yes, yeah, so the Saint, the Saints, in fine form at the moment. That boasting that 150, uh, percent they're playing great footy. Really enjoyable to watch. But the biggest thing was the Suns converting on what they did last weekend. Now, slightly tied a turnaround I played on Sunday. So, this is a Saturday night game back under the roof at Etihad. The drum will be there. So, I'm excited about that. But uh, how do you fancy the Suns coming into this weekend, Jack?
1: I fancy them a lot. Uh, I think that St. Kilda have been up, you know, so much, especially last week for their 150th year celebrations, which were fantastic, by the way, uh, really love what the Saints did with the streb, having all their legends out there, seeing Plugger in the flesh, just, just amazing. But I think when you have those occasions for a football club that are just the build up to them, the internal expectation that everyone has going into that, that they, if there's going to be one game that you play where you don't take a backward step, it's going to be that 150 game because you want to pay homage to everyone. And, uh, and it's that, that one where the fans, even if they don't expect you to win, it's the one they desperately pray to God and hope you win.
0: So the foot's, off the, pa- the foot's off the pedal a little bit this week.
1: Yeah, and I think this could be a banana peel game for the Saints. They've been very good, but backing up off last week where there was such a good, like a tide of goodwill and positive emotion going towards them, I think they're going to struggle this week against the Suns. But in saying that, the Suns had a great win and... What usually happens when the Suns have a great win? They, they shit the bed the next week. Yep. So uh, geez. It's um, oh, uh, you're right. I'm, 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 flat, I'm flat
0: thinking about it. I'm flat thinking about it.
1: Because mm. uh, this is groundhog. This is like the Truman show for us. Like it's just you know exactly what's going to happen. It is it's kind of groundhog day, isn't it? Um but hopefully that's where the Suns are going to prove us wrong. Uh they're not. Geez, they're, they're paying $2.51, the Suns, to get the job done. And a lot of people have written them off and aren't tipping them. I think that they might be able to do a job. At 7.30 game at Marvel Stadium, be a smallish crowd. Uh, the Suns traditionally don't play too well at Marvel. So it'll be interesting to see, see how they go. And obviously that Saints team is still missing a few cattle. Uh, look, I think the Suns can get it done. Last week we saw... You know, Lockie Weller had a great game. Will we did. Powell was his first game back. Uh, and more games into those two. The midfield really stood up. Um, and Ben King playing against his brother, who's he's, actually not playing. He's not, I, was, uh, I was about
0: to ask, is, is this the Mackay brothers all over again? Because it was right, right at the start. I think it
1: was one occasion. Yeah, they have actually played each other before. They're not the same person, guys. They're not the same. I knew it. And better. Yeah. And uh, yeah,
0: we are, we like these guys more.
1: Yeah, we do. They're smarter um, as well. Yeah, I feel like their podcast would be more interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, we do. Yeah. First week we're doing quantum theory, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're going to read religious scripture in Arabic. Uh, I, just you I know, I, I, w- I wouldn't put it past them. Next we're going to have little... smart dudes. The kings oh, absolutely, brothers. they are. Yeah. Yep. Physical kings, intellectual kings. Well, I love that. I love that a lot. Now
0: I I do want to ask because he. In my mind, unfairly, didn't win the Brownlow last year, but has the comp has Tuke Miller just uh, no, he's he's still a sensational footballer. Has he just quietened down a bit, or has the competition started to really pay him the respect and attention that he deserves?
1: I think a little bit of both. He also had an injury affected preseason. He was touch and go to be playing that. By the look of those rig photos, no, he didn't. Possibly the most impressive rig in the AFL. Um, get him on the manpower catalogue. That is outstanding. But had that injury interrupted uh, pre-season, especially coming in. It was a bit sore with the hammy. I know that he's still probably not 100% right. He's getting close to it. So I, I think that would explain why Took it hasn't exactly been a slow start. He still played some pretty good football, but not to the the same level as last year. Well, but he, he I...
0: kind of carried the team in, in 2021 and then last year as well. Uh, yeah. He put the team on his back, con- averaging, what, 29 to 31 touches yeah. per week. Um, but I just don't think we're seeing those, uh, I'm only using positions as a metric here, those mm-hmm. completely dominant performances. But uh, we've seen Matty Rowell really rise this season, seen Noah Anderson step up, so... Uh, if anything, this is what we've been hoping for. I think we lamented the fact that Tuke had to put the team on his back all of last year, and we, we you
1: know, and we
0: expected the same thing week in week out, and he delivered time and time again. So, I think, yeah, you well, know, what, it, Matt, now you're right, Tuk- there is more pressure off him.
1: One of the things about him is his work rate is absolutely incredible. The amount of times where, and you'll see it, especially in the third and fourth quarter on the weekend, where blokes are out on their feet, and Tuke will be deep in his defensive fifty contesting for the football. sons will swing it forward and then bang, there he is in the forward half getting on the end of a handball or delivering into the 50. He just, he's gut running and his second and third efforts are just outstanding. I think they're probably the best of any player in the AFL. And it's something that he probably doesn't get enough props for. No. I mean,
0: oh, that's that's mean, the, the unselfish, the one percenters that you're right. Yeah. I, I never, I mean, I'm sure the, t- the team know about them. Within the four walls of the club, that's what's been shown. Stuart used video sessions, but you're right, it never gets picked up. And the coaches so I mean, well, that's, that's why he always pulls so well in the coaches' votes.
1: Yeah. He's a bloke that suffers from the Pavlich tax.
0: Yeah, you said that Like, lot. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, for, our, for those
0: people who've joined us this year, what is the Pavlich tax?
1: The Pavlich tax is named after Fremantle great Matthew Pavlich, who play, was selected for what? six or seven All-Australian teams in different areas of the ground. He even made an All-Australian team in the midfield and he was a key position player. He was. Absolute freak. Could play at either end of the ground. Played his whole career in Western Australia and never got the props he deserved from Melbourne media. Uh, Was always, you know, third or fourth in MVP voting and stuff like that. Despite, in his prime, you know, you could say arguably a couple times was the best player in the AFL. Oh, uh, without without a doubt.
0: So the Cle- tax, Cle- clean skin guy. Yeah. yeah,
1: the privilege tax just means that someone that doesn't get their due, you know, their, their due respect and recognition from well, uh, well, you know AFL media, which is Victorian centric as well. Very Victorian centric. Yeah. Mm. Uh well again well we're gonna need Tuk to to
0: you know, really step up and put the team on his back but this, no fortunately yeah he's got the cavalry around him this week so you're right I I think that we could see a real sh- like no a sugar hit last week for the Saints and yeah if they're if they're vulnerable now because already at this point of the year it'd be very easy to go geez we've overachieved here haven't we we're we're, we're doing quite well they, we had a, go... they, they had a point to prove for a while but they now. Didn't. Now they can go. No, they, they've they been lauded. You're, you're right. On their big night, they stepped up, performed immaculately. Well, they got the job it, done over Essendon.
1: It's so, always that one. It's like you've stepped up, you've shown a bit in the first three weeks. Geez, we didn't expect that. Yep. Yeah. That, that take a, take a load off St. Kilda. That's all right. We got this one. Uh, yeah. Just hit the shower, St. Kilda. Hit the shower. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yep. yeah, well, one of the I'll, matchups I'm really looking forward to on Saturday night, you know, I love the big fellas. Big Witsy versus Rowan Marshall. They are kind of cut from the same cloth. They are both giant human beings. They're strong, powerful boys. Uh, most of the time, they both rock usually one out with a, a little chop out from one of the key position players. So their battle is going to be very interesting because they've both got uh, decent midfields at their feet and who can give first use to their midfield. But also, you know, they're around the ground battle. Yeah, I thought Big Witsy was incredible last week against Geelong with the way that he moved. And you could see him, like, especially late in that last quarter, Big Witsy, the tank had nothing left to give. <laughs> he was just, he was crawling to contest, the big fella.
0: Like the end of the Iron Giant, he's just kind of just, <laughs> his next one, just lumbering forward. But, no, hey, uh, hey, hey Again, he, again does, does not get the props that he's due.
1: Yeah, no, he does. And I love seeing Big Witsy at the end of games where, it honestly looks like he's being in a war and the way that he like just sort of hobbles into the change room where you just go bloody hell, this bloke is not going to get anywhere near a football field this week. And then, you know, come, come Friday, come Saturday, game time again, big wits. He's there. He's raring to go. Just, just, uh, I, just I love dunk, the
0: him, dunk him in the, in the plunge. Is it the, uh, the plungey pool? It's gone. What? The plungey
1: pool is gone at Metricon. The plungey is still sponsoring the club in any way.
0: Uh, I don't believe so. So my question is, where's the plungy pool now?
1: Yeah. Well, it's not at my place. Mm. And I don't think it's at yours. And if it is, and you haven't invited me, sad.
0: Yeah, it's sad. So I'm sorry about that. Well, why do they take... Come on, Gold Coast. Unless they've put some new fandangled attraction in there, which I'm all for. Maybe it
1: was costing too much in heating because they did heat that pool. Oh, did they? Yeah, Richard Champion Champion broadcast from the plungy pool deep in the middle of winter in his Brisbane Bears budgie smugglers. Um, possibly some of the most iconically obscure Australian radio ever made. Uh, it's, it's, it was... it's,
0: it's not winning any Acuras, but it's still important nonetheless.
1: Uh, I have photos. We'll put yeah, it up oh. on uh, the Northern Exposure Instagram. Yeah, you know what? We
0: will, because Triple M 40 didn't put them up. We sent them to them and didn't put them up.
1: It is the time for Easter eggs. We'll oh, give you... <laughs> I love it. I
0: love it a lot. All right, so give me a tip for the weekend, Jack. How do the suns go? Can Sons they get the W? Goals. All right. I, I, I'm going to uh, end this with, um, it's a big week four. And I need you just to give me a quick answer to that statement. This weekend, it's a big weekend four.
1: Chris Fagan.
0: Good answer. Good answer. Do you want to elaborate? You don't have to.
1: Because if the lines are one and three, and if they have a poor performance tonight, there's probably going to be some pressure that starts to build on Chris Fagan. And we're not talking Ken Hinckley pressure, No, but they have been. i
0: breathing down your neck.
1: That in many ways over the last four or five years, the lines have been very similar to Port Adelaide. I mean, we're close, but we're just not close enough.
0: And yeah. And that's usually when that conversation starts has insert manager's name here, taking them as far as they can.
1: Exactly. So I hope that's not the case. And that is why it's going to be a huge week for Chris Fagan. Nick, who's it going to be a big week for?
0: This week is going to be a big week for Energex.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah, it's a massive week for privatized power company. There is Thursday night football, the eyes of the nation on one power company who have failed numerous times.
1: Somewhere in Australia, there is going to be an Energex executive that has his butt clenched so firmly you could probably crack nuts between it.
0: Ironically, cause... you could probably actually generate power between it. Connect connect energy between the cheeks, just like that. Mm. I assume so. so. I, I, I wasn't. I was not actually very good at physics. If you can probably guess, Jack. So um, I, th- I think that's how it works. But you're right. See, you're right. I, I, would be... I, I would be shorting Energex right now. If I'm a betting man, I'd be going and shorting that company. You know what I'm upset
1: about? What do you say? Is every April Fool's Day, we have just, like, some of the lamest...
0: Oh, they're crap, aren't
1: they? ...corporations. Like, oh, yeah, the Brisbane Heat, we're, we're starting a Formula One team. It's just absolute... Like, they're just... And every social media i'll has I'll, it. I'll
0: say it's, it's dead. I, I will say the concept of April Fool's Day is dead. One, because we live in a world where it's very tough to actually distinguish between what is reality and what is fake, mm. given the advent of you know, AI fake technology, et cetera. Mm. We actually don't know what's real, what isn't. Uh, you have to be our very you no. Know, The ability to recognize that is incredible. But I think we also don't, we don't know, we don't know what to make jokes about anymore. And I'm not getting on that train at all, but everything is lame. Everything is just lame. And you can see it. I think everyone's radars start going off around March 28 and going, all right, Who, who's just putting – because that's how you have to do it now. If you just post something on Mar- on April 1st, you go, well, there we go. There's your token April Fool's joke. So people – so what they do is they start putting out little feelers. They start like <laughs> ting, announcement coming soon or something big is on the way. They start just giving little little breadcrumbs. And then it arrives at the payoff of April 1 and you go,
1: oh, it was all for that. Yeah. Nah. I'm going to shoot Inside. April Fool's Day. I'm done with it. Yep. No, nah, fair enough. In saying that, Energex missed a big one to have the social media post with some, uh, you know, photoshopped in solar panels on the roof of the Gabba. Oh, announcing are... that the Gabba is going solar. We can't wait <laughs> for the next round. Yeah. Yeah. Energex, right. you missed a biggie. Yeah.
0: So short the company now. All right, Jack Fulham, uh, you'll be there at the game tonight. I'll off be I'll be salsa dancing with my lovely wife because that's how I plan things out in my life. Uh, so enjoy the game and uh, be watching yeah, through the Suns. Now. And we'll be back uh, Monday with the round four wrap up. Go Lions, go Suns. Let's hit the horn. Sort of fades out at the end there. Hurrah. Yeah, Let's hit the showers.